On today's podcast from the North Walhalla Church of God, Pastor Neil continues the Sunday series, The Mystery of Intimacy. Today's message is from Sunday morning, February 11, 2018. Now here's your speaker, Pastor Neil Nolan. This is out of place. 
That is not me. That's not what I'm preaching. It is not out of place, and it is not out of God's character. It is given to us for reproof, instruction, and for edification that we might come in God's presence today. Can somebody say amen? The mystery of intimacy. We've been using Ephesians 5 as a backdrop of talking about the intimacy of God or the mystery. How Paul was showing us that we need this, this contact with Jehovah God, that we, his sheep of the pasture to our shepherd, cannot be away from him. But Paul has this way of blending two things where he says, I'm talking about marriage, that oneness, that unity, that, and not to be vulgar, but that oneness of becoming married, as a married couple, this, this union between man and woman. And in midstream in Ephesians 31 and 32, he switches and he says, no, 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 I'm, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the, the God of the church. I'm talking about Jesus and the relationship with the church. And, and then, then he changes his mind once again, it seems. And he begins talking about marriage. Then he says, no, no, I'm talking about Christ and the church. And because of that, Paul calls it a mystery. Let me say this up front. I, I don't understand the modern-day theology of thinking that we know all there is about God. God is still a mystery to me, a mystery to me at times. The closer I get to Him, the greater I realize how great He is. And that I don't know everything. And the closer I get to Him, and I understand the blood covenant, I understand the threshing floor, and I understand the sanctification process of Christ, I understand the feeling of the Holy Ghost. The more God shows me of Himself, the more I realize I'm in flesh and He is God. But yet there are people today who think that they have God figured out as if God can be figured out by mortal mind. Sweetie, you don't have God figured out. I don't care if you're the best prayer warrior, dancer, shouter, singer, preacher of this church. You do not have God figured out. The closer you get to God, the more you should be like Isaiah and say, Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. You don't believe it. Job said it this way. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? When they questioned Job about what was going on, Job just put them in their place and said, Nobody, can you, can you, can you understand in totality who God really is? Let me tell you, you can't figure out God. You can't put Him in a box. You can't make Him dance to your soul. You can't put Him in your pocket. You can't bring Him down so low that He is not holy. You may not serve Him. You may not reverence Him. But God is still God. He was God before you, and He'll be God after you. He is a holy God, and He should be feared and worshipped in this house today. It's foolish. It's foolish to think we can figure out God. Psalms one forty-five and three says, "It's greatness no one can fathom." Isaiah will say it this way: "It's understanding no one can fathom." I'm not going to make excuses this morning. I'm not going to be like some theologians who are trying to, to rationalize the Bible to put God in a box when God doesn't make sense. I'm going to be a little old-fashioned right here and say this. It says what it says. It says what it says. I may not like some of it. I may not understand it in the fullness thereof. But it says what it says. When Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost and they died in the presence of the church, there are some preachers trying to take that out of the Word. I'm not going to take it out. It says what it says. 
I can't believe God would do that. No. See, if God would allow them to lie to the Holy Ghost, it would let us know in 2018 that we could play games with God, and God is so small that He would not know it, and He would not figure it out. But you hear me this morning. God knows what you're going to do tomorrow before you get to your tomorrow. God knows the number of hairs that's on your head. He knows 10 years from now. He knows a billion years from now. He is God. And if God didn't let it happen then, God's not going to let it happen now. Are you listening? Brother Noah, what about Nahab and Abihu offering strange fire? God was letting them know, just like he's letting you know, that those things that are not holy cannot be presented as holy. Are you listening? I know it's a little old school, but just, just, just thank you, Reba, for 20 minutes. Would you do that with me, please, this morning? All right, Brother Smith, the only one. That's all right, amen. We're trying to make excuses because we don't understand it because we live in a new covenant of grace. And to go back and preach this scripture, it's almost like I'm trying to take the church up out from the umbrella of grace. No, I'm not. Because if you understand who God really is, and you understand what He's done for you, you come up under the umbrella of grace, but you do not use or abuse grace for a day of, of a lasciviousness, unadulterated, this of the flesh and say it is okay because God is a God of love and He will never ever judge or bring justice to me. That's what we're preaching. That's what we're preaching today. Preachers stand in pulpits and boast of their freedom to sin. Boast of that the grace of God gives them the ability to do whatever because God will always cover a multitude of sin. But a real man or woman of God who's come out of the presence of the Lord, they go to the pulpit and say, listen, yes, grace is sufficient, but grace, Titus said, is also my teacher. And it teaches me to abstain from the sins of the flesh. I don't use grace to go sin. I use grace to stand there and say, it is my schoolmaster. And if I do make the and if I do stumble along the way, I fall back on my face and I say, God, I've been deceived and I'm wrong and dirty. Will you cleanse this vessel one more time? I'm applauding some of the preaching today. In Paul said, everything may be permissible, but everything does not preach edification. We abuse this grace and then we shock when some preacher or teacher, some man or woman of God comes along and begins to preach this way. Let me give you the backdrop so I can quickly get to this. In 1 Samuel, we read that the ark has been captured by the Philistines. They take it back to their home, they place it there. If you understand scripture, the gods that they had, they fall in comparison to their real Jehovah God. All of a sudden, they want to get rid of it. They wanted to do away with it. David, at the same time, is recognizing that we need the presence of Almighty God. There's some churches in South Carolina that Ichabod is wrote over the door. And because they can pay their preacher and they can pay the bills, they have no need for the presence of God anymore. I'll say it plainly. If nobody gets saved in this church this year, I fail to you think. Oh, preacher, we broke a time record. Oh, preacher, my cousin's coming. Oh, preacher, we know this. If we baptize nobody this year in this church, we have failed this community. We are not a church. We are a country club. Where's my people at this morning? 
if we don't see anybody get pulled from the addictions that bind meth is, is running through our county and it seems like the church is just tucked back away saying it's not touched us. It's not touched us. We're still going to have women's auxiliary. We're still going to have men's meetings. The choir's in place. Our preacher looks good to the community. He's not embarrassed us. Please, Brother Nolan, don't rock the boat. But our kids, the drug dealers, are putting it in their body and they're laughing at us and we're singing Kumbaya and Amazing Grace, but we're not the church of Almighty God. And we're sitting back, letting it happen up under our noses, and nobody wants to hear anything about it. Oh, I'm a priest. And then we see what happens to a young girl on the news and it puts it in our face, or it's our child with a DUI, or it's our child with a call rate, and then we got to play church games. we got to go to church and just say, you know, little Neil was just having a mistake. He's really not like that. Little Neil was doing this. Instead of saying what needs to be said, the church has lost her power. The glory of the God is not there. Nobody wants to pray the fire down anymore. Nobody wants to cast out a devil. Nobody wants to stand up and say, we're the church of Almighty God. God, and we should be fighting the enemy. Oh, I feel this brutality. We are the church. We are called to fight the enemy on the offensive, not the defensive. My brother noticed somebody might get mad somewhat. We're more worried about people getting upset, Joey, instead of God getting upset. Oh, I'm not preaching that. I'm just preaching. Are you listening? I feel the Holy Ghost. He's stirring us. You know why? Because you can take this message. I may not be preaching at any other church in this town, but you can take this because God's raising you up to fight the good fight of faith. I'm not calling at you. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to you that the Word of God might be edified and go forward. They take this ark and they want to bring it back quickly. And David's got this bright idea because the ark is a burden. The ark is burdensome on the shoulders of man. And listen, I can't give you the whole spill of the ark and tabernacle, but it's meant to be set by a certain group of, of people and a certain tribe. And it's meant to be carried a certain way. It was never supposed to be on an oxen cart. Can I say amen? But brother, no, it's a new cart. New cart's going to impress God. But brother, no, we've got a new way to worship. We don't have to praise God and cry and sing and, and I can't mess up my makeup. And you know, I'm, I'm going to worship God in a new way. God's not impressed with your ox carts. So they put it on an ox cart and begin to go. The Bible says that the oxen went to stumble. Did not say that oxen fell there. It said the oxen went uh, stumbled. Actually, back to back, oxen stumbled. And the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah, which was a bit of that son, which where the ark was at originally, showing two generations there uh, having the presence of the Lord. But I believe there must have been a disconnect because it should have been told to uh, Uzzah from a bit of that that there's certain ways you handle the presence of Almighty God. Brother Nolan, I'm scared I might run a little meal off if I preach to him this way. That's kind of old-fashioned preaching that you're telling people about that. They've got to come to God with clean hands and a pure heart. But I'm trying to find a different way, but I can't find it. Hello? 
And so what Uzzah does, Uzzah gets there. The ark begins to fall, and Uzzah runs to his rescue. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing, Uzzah. Don't let the ark touch mud. We can't let God touch mud. So Uzzah runs over there, and he goes to grab the, the, the ark of the covenant. And when he grabs it, because he never was supposed to touch it, because his hands are not clean, sin is painted in his hands, and it's not going through the process of reconciliation and redemption. Uzzah falls dead, and David gets Hello? This is where theologians are having trouble. Because God is a God of love. And how could God let this happen? First of all, it was not God that caused this to happen. It was David that caused this to happen. Well, I bypassed the bit of that. I'll come to him. But David allowed this to happen. David was worried about the burden of the covenant instead of having the people of God live up under the covenant. Oh, I get it. We went too far. Yes, we did. You couldn't wear this. Couldn't do that. I agree. My mom was told she could not have the Holy Ghost because she cut her hair 35 years ago. We were wrong. Whoever done that? Oh, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. While the attempt was wrong, and it was, there was still a desire to say, God, whatever you ask of me, I will gladly lay it down to be in your presence. I'm telling you, we hurt people, and we need to repent of it. However, I do love the premise or the thesis of this, that even if I can't have worldly pleasures, if you just give me Jesus, Jesus is enough. Well, I know you can't shout over there. I told, I told my prayer partners this morning, it's going to be a little old school. Y'all bear with me, okay? They're going to talk about me all week long in Wahhaba. Just stay with me. I'll come back next week. It's Valentine's, and I'll preach on love or something. You understand? But it's the truth. We're worried about the burden to our children. Well, you know, if I make him come to church on Sunday, I, I, I might warp his, his mindset about God. And if I ask him not to play that thing, let me tell you what my son, 80 miles will cover your ears right now. Right now. I'm, I love you. I love you. I was coming along. There was a group called Wu-Tang. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I thought it was dead gone with My dad didn't let me listen to Wu-Tang. If I want to listen to Wu-Tang, I had a Wu-Tang at school. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying I don't understand how I graduated in 1996 and my son this morning walks in the kitchen and says, after I got off my knees in prayer, and said, Daddy, have you ever heard of Wu-Tang? And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I know about Wu-Tang. I know they're not Christians. I know the God that they serve. And I know there's a back line of order. I know what somebody's thinking right now. Preacher, you're crazy. Preacher, you're crazy. you got to let him express himself. He can express it all he wants to while he's at his school. But I'm telling you right now, now, ain't gonna be no Wu Tang in that 415 D Road. I know what they were back then. I know what they are now. Listen. And I am amazed that the devil didn't even have to bring nothing new. He just went back in 1993 with a starter jacket and baggy pants and a pair of Deion Sanders shoes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it brought that devil back up to my house. It brought marijuana in my house back then. It brought sexual immorality in my house back then. It treated women as if they were trash back then. And that devil, you can put a lipstick on it and put a new title, but it's the same devil. And it will not be tolerated. I know. It's a burden, but it's the world. My goodness. At least come with something I don't know about. 
Are you listening? But preacher, it's a burden. We're like David. We're worried about it burden our children. I am 39 years old now, and I am not mad because my mama took me to church. Listen to me. I am not mad that she made me sleep on pews while they sung the songs I'm near to be, and there's power in the blood. I didn't like it then. I didn't like it. It was a burden to be there. I wanted to be playing ball. I wanted to be doing this. But now at 39, I go to bed in peace. I know the presence of Almighty God. We're apologizing for asking our children to follow Almighty God. I feel him in this house. I didn't know I was going to preach like this, but this is the word he gave me right here on this road. Listen to me. There's a couple things that happen that I've got to speak in your life. First of all, we apologize because we think that husband was sincere. I believe he was. I'll take up for it. But sincerity is not enough. Brother Nolan, she's a good person. She's sincere, but she can be sincerely wrong. She's having an affair, but she's sincere about it. She does love her husband. She just can't control herself. And I think that you are to ordain that and allow her to continue. No, you're sincerely wrong. See, we are trading because we haven't seen the real thing in so long. We're trading anything. What I'm trying to do in this series is strip everything away from you. Just like I've done in my life. I took all of it away. It doesn't matter anymore. Does it matter what they think about me in Malden? Does it matter? Does it matter? It doesn't matter. Why? Because if I have the whole world and not have His presence, I'm absolutely nothing. And I don't want to be a generation that preaches to everybody but lose my children. I want them to know. I didn't say they won't, they won't run. I didn't say they might not try certain things. But I want them to know that they Christ. But when you do, I'm praying every step of the way. I pray it makes you sick. I pray she breaks up with you. I pray that she's got the cooties and she gives it to you the first time she brings on you. I am praying. Y'all think I'm praying. Y'all don't know me in my life. I'm just saying, I'm anointing your forward oil. I'm anointing your underwear, your shoes, your socks. It don't matter to me. I'm going to know it. I want her to look at you and think, there's something different about you. Just like the girls thought about me when I was running from God. I want her to say something. Your daddy's one of them crazy preachers. I want him to say, that's not my daddy alive, but he can't run from it because his DNA, my DNA, my father's DNA rests inside of him. <laughs> oh, I got to give this praise. This holy name is like the clock is stopped today. Secondly, not only sincerity is not enough, but listen to me. You've got this thing in your mind, Arthur. Well, I saw my daddy do it. And if my daddy compromised, then I can compromise and then it will be okay. The problem is, listen, because certain things are allowed does not make them God things. And always, there's coming a payment. Mama, Dad, you may compromise now. You may not feel the blood of it because you don't go too far. But your children does not know the voice of your fathers because you have not let them hear the voice of your fathers. And because of that, listen to me, because of that, they take it further than you ever did. We don't mind if you drink a little bit. Just don't drink and drown. We don't mind if you smoke a little bit. Just don't do it when, when Roy's on, on duty at Westminster. Right? 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 We don't mind if you're having premarital relationships. Just don't get pregnant. Right? Oh, you're fine, right? No, no, I'll bet your parents allow stuff. No. No, we couldn't even bring a girl to our bedroom. Are you crazy? 
my, my mama would take out her teeth and go to whoop at me right then. Amen. So listen. Old school, speaking in tongues, got a Bible outline. Every different. Yellow, yellow represents the promises of God. Red represents the blood of God. The purple represents the holiness and loyalty of God. And she would quote it. I'm like, Mama, Julie, don't know about God. Don't tell her about God. But Mama's like, not in this house. You better go somewhere else. You better find it, but not here. Why? And we are afraid to do that today. And what we are preaching, we are preaching a gospel of compromise. But you've got to understand, it was not God's fault that Uzzah died. It was Uzzah's daddy's fault. It was David's fault because they really thought that God would make an exception because Uzzah was doing a good thing. But Uzzah was not doing a God thing. And he caused his death. Why? Because he didn't revere God's words. That's why we're missing it today. Quickly. We don't revere the word of God. We choose what we want. We like what we want. We kick out what we don't. And we'll find a preacher that will pat us on the back. Yes, we do. Come on. I know what some of you are saying. Preacher, we love you, but, but you preach. I know what the Holy Ghost told me before this year started. You preach and do not apologize or back up. Well, there's a place that we're going in God. I know my that. We don't revere God's words. We don't respect His word. The word is optional in churches now. Let me just preach a little bit. Don't get mad. I'm not thinking about any church, right? But, 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 but we do away with Sunday school. We do away with prayer meetings. We do away with discipleship. Oh, y'all quiet. Y'all waiting for the next floor, right? It's true. And I'm not going to be in church. I'm not saying you're going to have Sunday school. I'm not saying you're going to have something to do that, though. I'm not saying that you have to have discipleship in Sunday school. You may call it small groups, big groups, left group, right group. But somewhere in your church, there must be edification of the Word, the teaching of the Word, the discipleship of the Word, and then the Word must take action, which means somebody in the church must be praying and fasting and fasting and seeking the presence of the Lord. If you only visit church once a week, you don't know how to pray, you don't know how to fast, you don't know how to read your Bible, you have absolutely nothing. The enemy will come in and steal that seed because the seed does not have deep roots. It may be old-fashioned, sweetie, honey, bud, but it is still the truth. It is the truth. It is the truth. It is the truth. We cannot have the independent attitude. We must revere His Word. Our attitude must not be independent because we act and we see the church through worldly eyes. Are you listening? We are making compromises because we take the Word and we set it aside and we say, what would Dr. Fields say about this? What does Oprah think about this? I, I know what the Word says, but you know, I like the way Oprah, I like her. She's giving away cars. God didn't give me a car. Oprah gave me a car. I, I want to hear. And we're setting the Word aside, and we have this independent attitude that says, I don't care what God says, which leads to the third part is rebellion. That God said, don't touch it. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. God was never afraid of the mud touching the heart. The mud was doing nothing but being obedient to what it's supposed to do. When water touches dirt, it makes mud. God was not afraid of the mud touching the heart because the mud has not sinned. 
but God refused to let the wrong hands touch the ark because it would give approval that you could come to God without being clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. And in 2018, it will let everybody else know you don't have to be saved. You just have to be a good person doing a good thing, and you can come and have all of God. And God will say, I, 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 I'm not trying to make an example of you, but I've got to let the world know there is only one way to come to the Father, and that's through the Son. We must be clean because our righteousness is as filthy rice. So while Usher was protecting the mud, God was trying to protect Usher and let him know, I'm not afraid of the mud, but I can't let your sin come without coming by the Son. Third, the only way to say this is ready. I believe they got too familiar. We understand that he was in his father and house. I read that to you twice. Listen to me. Church of God, I want to speak to you. We came out of the back alleys and churches. I remember growing up in a non-Pentecostal church. Let me tell you what we did. We had the most money. I'm going to be careful. Try to be careful. Are you with me this morning? We would always support the hot dog sales. Any hot dog sales here in Warhol in the past? Barbecue? I know y'all sell some. You're church of God. You're not full of me. Food coming. And we put out of the church because at the country club, nobody thought bad of us because, you know, they're crazy speaking to us. Right? But when my grandma got sick, and she had to have open heart surgery, we went by the little white block building. Hello? Because we knew there was some, as the man said yesterday, there was some power of power women at the head of about this time. You remember that? See, some of you women ought to be glad to see working there like that, but back then, that was the, that was the power of power, right? And my granddaddy knew, he'd say something like this, son, I don't understand all that. I'm an uneducated man. I can't read or write. But I've seen the glory of God come in that place. And he would tell me stories like this. I remember when they had a stove and they got stouted. I remember one lady just grabbed a hold of that stove and she held on to it and spoke in tongues. And I saw her and I saw healing go. And she never burned her skin. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. I remember you telling me how drunkards would come off the street walking in church. And we didn't have to do anything but lay hands on them and pray for them. And before we got to the back of the church, drunkards would be sober, but saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost in the same service. So we'd make our way to that church we didn't go to because we knew they knew the presence of Almighty God. The church we went to, we had to be out by 11.59. So when God was show up at 12.01, we missed him because we were already gone. And I'm not playing. That's what happened when I was not We got so familiar with God that we hadn't realized he's no longer here. Russell told me the other week, you let something stay two weeks in the church, then it becomes the norm, and nobody will say anything about it. He's right. He's right. Only new people will notice it. It's the same way. There are churches living off yesterday's manna, and they don't even realize it's, it's gone because they got so familiar with God, they don't even realize, like the woman who finally opens the door, he's not there anymore. I'm calling this back. I'm calling us back to let you know there is still a way to come to God's presence. You come humble. 
recognize that I'm nothing and He is everything. So you come through the blood and don't be afraid of it. Don't apologize for being saved. Brother Nolan, that just sounds like an uneducated word out there in the workforce. Quit apologizing for being saved. We're ashamed of God now. Like, oh, well, I didn't do as much as Anthony did. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, been, I've, I've, I've been redeemed. I, I don't like the word saved. That's a little old-fashioned. I've been saved. Redeemed, reconciled, restored, regenerated, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Believing that He's coming back again. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what... But brother, though, we were afraid God was going to fall in the mud. This, I, I missed this. I've never shared any of this in my life. Let me tell you what the Lord told me to tell you. God will never fall. You don't have to hold Him up. Jesus, do you not care that we are about to perish? This boat's going down. Somebody wake him up. He's asleep because he already knows what's going to happen on the other side. You don't have to be afraid. Brother Nolan, if I don't do it, God is going to fall. He was here before you, holy in body, and he'll be here after you, holy in body. You don't have to hold God up. You just have to obey him. You have to seek him. You have to serve him. If you don't listen to the Lord's Son, and I told you this, the problem was is that the next generation was being taught that it was okay to come to God without first going to Calvary. I'm not, I'm not asked, talking about any church. I'm preaching what the Holy Ghost said. A bit of that allowed person to believe. Oh, no, you can't prove that. Yes, I can. If there's a fire outside, hey, don't touch that fire. I constantly tell him, don't touch it. What happened to the father telling the son, you can't touch God that way. You can't keep playing games with God. You can't be saved one minute and keep going back to the world and back to the church and back to the world. You can't keep doing that. You've got to get a righteous path. If not, it's going to open up things ten times worse than before. Where's the biblical teaching? allow a generation to believe that we can just come to God's presence anyway. And that's what we're doing. Listen to me, preachers. Quit worrying about your next move. Hello? Let me talk to you, teachers. When's the, when's the last time you really prayed and sought God for your Sunday school class? I believe in it. I believe in you. Brother, no, there's only one kid in my class. Oh, praise His holy name. You're telling me you got one soul, one vessel, one preacher, one Billy Graham, one Russell Bowen in your class? Don't you say that if they're not worth it, you show up and you teach to them like there's a thousand in the room. The problem is we're letting an older generation. I should say it like this. We're letting a new generation drive. An older generation's vision, even failure. And then we're going to let them fall because we have not instructed them the right way. I won't say my son won't do it. He might. But if he does it, 
He's going to do it in rebellion to what Daddy's talking about. Drunk all night, come back and sing in the fire next morning. Brother Nolan, you're not giving him a way home, absolutely. I'll throw grace every time. If he repents 1,000 times, I'll be down there 1,000 times with him, but I'm also going to let him know when he gets right back up, there's a way to go, son. Because it's not that I'm being mad to him, I don't want him to harm himself anymore. I've seen enough this week. Of what the enemy can do to a body. I'm tired of it. Just stay in the yellow house. Uh, anybody hungry for God's presence here? Oh, Holy Ghost. Oh. Anybody hungry for His presence again? Oh, we're going to keep making excuses. Anybody hungry for the fire again? Or we'll keep making excuses, or we'll be like David and get mad and say, let, let the church down the road have it. Only to find out later that the church is down the road. They may not know our past, and they may not know what happened, but they're excited about the Holy Ghost. They don't even know it's the Holy Ghost, but he's moving in Catholic churches. Listen to me. There are Catholic priests right now getting filled with the Holy Ghost and preaching the Word. There are Lutheran preachers and Baptist preachers and Presbyterians who say, give me the presence of God. We're tired of dry church. They're our brothers and sisters because they're hungry for more of God. And we sit back saying, well, we're just talking about no, 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 no. Father, I preach your word and I feel you moving right now. I know there's darkness that's trying to hide. And I know there's even weakness that has come so up here. Oh, yes, I do. I will not play games with it. I will not patty-cake with it. I'm not trying to get out of here without dealing with it. If it happens, it happens. I have to set myself to you the fullness for what you know. God, there are people here who once knew your presence, but God, they're dry and thirsty. They're good people. What's the base of me in my spirit right now? There are new people who say, I don't understand everything that man just preached. I don't understand the fullness of what that man just preached. There are new people right now, young people, but they're saying, I won't. His presence. And then there's older people who are saying, I understand everything. I realize it. I know he's preaching truth. I may not like it, but you've got to want that presence as well. You've got to be hungry like the psalmist said in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. He would go on to say, I need his loving kindness more than I knew life. I need life itself. Come on, would you pray with me? Saints, begin to pray. Come on, let's not get in a hurry. Begin to pray, Father. How about preach the word? Oh, yes, we've been too familiar. We've been too familiar, too familiar. We made too many excuses. We made too many excuses, God. We made them now, right now. Anybody hungry for God? You're lost right now. I want to pray with you. If you're lost, I want every head bowed and God closed. But I want people praying. Don't give me this five second prayer. I need some saints praying. I'm not even looking right now. I want some people who are lost to say, Pastor, I need his presence. I'm not going down the road somewhere. I'm going to come through the blood. Would you step out by faith? Would you step out by faith? 
Would you step out by faith? I want some people who are cold right now. You're drifting from God. You're drifting from God, but you need His presence. You're hungry for it. You know I'm preaching to you. I don't care what the wife thinks. You've got to have that no-care attitude right now. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Those who are deep, those who got some bondages, would you step out right now? There's some mom and dads that you need to stand in for your children right now. You need to stand in the gap. You need to stand in the gap. Would you step out by faith? Would you step out by faith right now? Would you step out by faith? Would you step out by faith? Come on, come on, come on. Come on, right now, right now. And then I want somebody to say, Pastor, I just want his presence. I want his presence. I want the next generation to know the presence of the Lord. Would you step out by faith? By faith, by faith. Come quickly. Come quickly. Okay, God. Okay, okay. I'll listen to you. I'll listen to you.